Hello and welcome to the Things Post podcast. Today we have with us uh, Devapam Sarkar, who we are welcoming back to the show. Uh, if if you've uh, heard the previous episode, he talked to us about his journey in cricket coaching and uh, how it's it has been uh, being a youth level coach for CAB, which is the Bengal uh, wing for uh, cricket association in India. Um, today we also have with us Dr. Binayak Dev. He is a renowned cardiologist uh, and he's going to be speaking about his experience and passion for sports and how he's maintained his love for the game, uh, even though right now he's uh, busy as you know, with his uh, doctor routine, especially during the pandemic. Uh, he's got tons of things to do. Um, as he told us just before this, um, that he doesn't have a free day. Uh, all seven days of the week he's working. So I'll just uh, pass it on to uh, Dr. Dev. Can you tell us a little bit about how you uh, got into sport, particularly uh, cricket? Uh, how has your experience been as a player? And then transitioning into becoming a doctor and being affiliated with sports. Can you tell us and introduce uh, yourself to everyone? Thank you so much, uh, Ranajit, uh, Arjun and... Uh, uh, Devapam, particularly for introducing me into this forum. Uh, they all th- three are good friends of mine. Uh, for me, actually, like many others in this uh, continent, cricket is a religion. It's not just a sport. And uh, uh, now I don't want to word, use the word addiction, but of course, uh, the only thing which I can think of is from the age of five or six, I think I got addicted to cricket. I, I probably didn't know anything else but cricket uh, during those my school days. You know, I mean, I was not a kind of a guy who could play a lot of sports. I just could play one sport and I thought about one sport, and that was used to be cricket. And uh, uh, I, I did my schooling in Odisha in Bhuvaneshwar, and uh, Bhuvaneshwar, and then followed up with my uh, college days particularly my medical school days in Katak, um, and then I kind of moved out to Mumbai and then abroad for about 20 years before returning back to Calcutta. And in this whole journey, I mean, cricket has been uh, a constant companion for me. Uh, I like to share a few stories, you know, about anecdotes rather. Uh, from my school days, uh, we used to have a very good cricket team in our school, and then followed by the um, teams in the medical college, then the universities, uh, then moving on to Mumbai to see cricket played there in a different way, uh, particularly in uh, uh, Nanavati Hospital where I worked, we had a good cricket team as well. And uh, we used to see a lot of uh, cricketers uh, coming into the hospitals for different reasons, you know. I mean, particularly I remember in the 1987 World Cup. Um, before the semi-finals, I think a couple of days ago, uh, our uh, chairman of the hospital hosted uh, both the teams uh, to to uh, our hospital for a dinner. So we had an opportunity to meet these people. So uh, kind of cricket has been an uh, integral part of my life uh, much before I, I came into medicine. Um, medicine to me or cardiology to me was a choice. But cricket, I think, was my destiny. Uh, so right. that's the way I would 
uh, more as a player, I think I, I, I want to think myself as a cricket enthusiast and uh, as a person who loves the game passionately. I think we have a lot of people uh, who are playing the game, who are thinking about the game, and who are uh, involved in coaching like uh, Devapom is. And uh, I, I like to get associated with these kind of people who are actually a thinker of this game. Because I think uh, cricket uh, is not only a game, I think it's a way of life. And uh, through uh, this game, I think you can uh, make the youngsters learn a lot about life. Because it's a team game to begin with. Uh, and also it's an individual game. And you need to make a lot of judgments, a lot of decision makings uh, while playing the game, while thinking about the game. And it's a very complicated you know, uh, game if you talk about the rules, regulations. Uh, and and uh, if, you, if you go into sports quiz, you can see that the maximum number of intricacies are there actually in the game of cricket. And if you talk about statistics and history of cricket, a lot of more intricacies than, say, a soccer game or a tennis game or a badminton game, you know. So uh, I, I think it's a combination of uh, sports, uh, which is a team sport and also an individual sport. So, and the highest, uh, I think, honor of the sport uh, goes to the coaches uh, rather than more than the players because they actually are the main thinker of this game, you know. Uh, and they actually make these players who are playing this game uh, at the highest level. So, uh, like in soccer, we know the manager becomes the most important part of a team. But in, in uh, cricket, I think uh, the coach, uh, followed by the captain of the team, is one of the most important uh, uh, area of the team. Now, playing this game at different levels, I've been involved in playing uh, not only in India, but also in uh, UK, in uh, Ireland, in Brunei, in Singapore. So, and I've exposed to different kind of culture on, uh, in these uh, games. And particularly when I hear about sledging, uh, Australian sledging. So uh, while playing the county games in England and in, in Ireland, uh, we were absolutely hounded because of our, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun sledging, but it was definitely um, concerning our race and uh, color because in a cricket, field, you know, there's no nothing given or taken. It's, it's, it's war, actually, you know. And I don't believe in, uh, in, the, in the philosophy that it's just a game and you're there to participate. So uh, the, the passion uh, in a cricket match inside when you enter the cricket field, I think is, uh, it, it's, it's like a war which needs to be won at any cost within the rules of the game. So uh, the, the fantastic sledging which we hear, which we hear in uh, uh, the Australians do. We, I, I, I got a bit of that when I was in UK and Ireland. And uh, uh, it has been told that it's a gentleman's game, Hadrologues game, but uh, it is anything but a Hadrologues game. Uh, uh, I think we, we wear our flannels all right, but you know, when you wear your passion on your chest, uh, like a few captains, uh, like the current captain of our Indian cricket team does, uh, and, the, and with every a wicket or every achievement which he achieves, you know, I mean, the jump which he gives and the passion which he displays, I think, I think that's the essence of cricket to me. Um, from uh, Dr. Binayak, we got an idea about the playing side of it. 
but uh, an interesting topic we are talking about here is how the culture differs from place to place the culture of cricket differs even though there are just small intricacies but on field when you're maybe you're looking you're watching on tv you don't get it but when you're playing you'll understand the intricacies right so from it, we i mean for, for me i'd like to know from a coach's point of view how different it is like if for a player the style changes when he moves from let's say katak to mumbai for a coach also he has to adapt to the surroundings right the new culture um how bigger challenge is it to understand the culture of that particular area not just let's say if it's in india that it's one particular environment if you're in ireland it's one particular environment wherever you go it's a different environment how important how essential is it for a coach to understand the culture of the game uh look it is uh, of immense importance because uh, coaching philosophy says that uh, to be a good coach you really need to be a good you know personal manager or a man manager so that personal management team management is of huge importance and uh, you know to be a good manager uh, see cricket coach is also a manager a doctor as doctor they were just saying about you know managers in football in cricket the cricket coach is also the you know the team manager who manages all the players who manages the in- interpersonal relationships so that is very important if you do not understand the cultural background of the players of your side the social background the socio economical background then you will not be able to manage them uh it is not good to take name of anybody in this forum but there is to be one great australian coach who had become the coach of indian cricket team uh, you know it all ended in a lot of conflict and it is been said it is been said that uh, he failed to understand the psyche of our players the way he tried to handle things the way he tried to uh, get the team under his control uh, lot of people say the way was not the right way he perhaps did not understand our culture he had perhaps did not understand uh, how he would actually bring uh, things under control so uh, you as you rightly said it is very important to understand the cultural part uh, of you know of the section of uh, players you uh, uh, under, under you uh, suppose we were talking about moving to mumbai i would just like to pick up from where dr dev uh, left or how he was very well mentioning those cross maidans they call them cross maidans and there are you know number of games going on on a huge large field and the only thing very good about those, uh, that that ground is that the wickets are wonderful you get true and fantastic and sporting wickets there other than that nobody bothers you sometimes don't know which is the boundary and you keep on running after the ball i remember once uh, uh, not as a not as a coach as a player we we went uh, for an inter office tournament from here so it was a good set of players we had ranji trophy players in our team our opponents also had ranji trophy players and uh, you know the bowlers uh, he started taking his run up and there was a man standing next to him so he told that man sir why are you standing here match chal raha hai yahan pe please aap thoda side mein jaiye he says oi who are you what's your name you know main yahan khada ho ke watch sachin tendulkar bat nobody told me anything i have seen so many uh, india bowlers uh, bowling from beside me nobody told me anything jao apna game khelo <laughs> so you know that's the kind of 
that's the kind of things that happen that dr dev was talking about so the culture the cultural difference and the mentality difference i would call the mentality difference to be of more importance uh, is immense uh, i have personally over the last 5 6 years been involved in quite a few bcci level coachings in different parts of india uh, i was with north zone i was coaching the under 19 uh, under 16 north zone team then south zone under 19 camp i attended so i was uh, basically introduced to the various kind of cultural uh, you know differences basically and uh, we we as coaches we really have to get into the depth of it and try and understand their culture their mentality all right culture is there but that mentality has to be understood and you know there's tiny small bits of good things i picked up from them and i try when i come back to bengal and start coaching kids again i try to inculcate those uh, proper you know those good things in in our own state like for example if you ask me i would say that uh, you know in in parts of eastern india especially bengal or you talk of you know other states of eastern india we do have a lot of very good talent skill wise we are very good but somewhere we lack mentally okay so that mental setup that is where we lack i i have coached this level in various parts of india and i feel that you know the guys from other parts uh, of younger generation guys from other parts probably skill wise they are not much ahead of us but the difference that makes is you know the application that they bring into the game the application they bring into the game is immense like if they have 20% of skill they will apply that 20% of skill and here what happens in calcutta bengal or eastern part we have maybe 60 uh, skill of 6 level of 60 but we can apply maybe you know 20 or 30 so that is the difference that application level is one difference that i have seen so it is as you rightly said it is of immense importance for a coach also to understand uh the the you know the psychology the mentality the cultural aspects of his team members uh, let me add here ronajit uh, i had the uh, fortune of being the medic of uh, the indian team um, in the 2001 series uh, between australia and india in kolkata and i came very closely to be associated with uh, in the dressing rooms to see what how things work out because some players needed medical attention so uh, john wright used to be one of those coaches and that era shora was the captain obviously so uh, that is one uh, coach i would like to talk about and the other coach is obviously gary kirsten uh, during the uh, mahendra singh dhoni's time so these are the two coaches i have come very closely uh, in in a, in a couple of test matches uh, the the thing which uh, debopom mentioned is the actually their uh demeanor you know the demeanor was so calm and so composed and uh, that non interfering attitude uh, was was the extreme important thing which i found with both john wright and with gary kirsten you know i mean when it came to some uh, inputs uh, they they were always giving it but at the end of the day i think they were leaving the decision to the captain and the senior players like in particularly in the 2001 series i remember it it was saurabh dravid lakshman sachin they were the people who were taking the calls uh, and uh, particularly during uh, uh, gary kirsten time it was obviously mahendra singh dhoni who used to kind of make a lot of calls but 
these were the people who had kind of the uh, they used to remain very much in the background and never uh, kind of showed off or came in the forefront and controlled the whole business of running the team and gave the captains the due so john wright and gary custon is probably one of the best coaches in terms of man management for indian cricket as devapam was saying i've seen these players from very close quarters and the indian players and they are all stars you know and in particular in india uh, cricketing stars are are much much bigger individuals than what uh, any other field of sports or even other celebrity uh, can throw throw at throw at so basically so managing the stars and putting them into one uh, kind of a basket and making them into a team and uh, putting them on a field is a huge tall order particularly in india not so much in the, in the in the uh, uh, countries like uk and you know i mean uh, australia because in uk we, we could see these people you know this uh, boys used to go around in shopping malls and just walk around without any problem at all nobody would recognize them nobody would, would even give in a second glance so their star material uh, is not that high so basically uh, managing these uh, boys in the dressing room uh, in uk uh, in in say england english cricket or irish cricket or australian cricket i think is probably a lot less challenging than compared to uh, one in india pakistan bangladesh particularly in india i believe so uh, i must say the example which uh, devapam was giving about the particular australian coach who could not uh, manage the indian scenario was probably he was a star himself and uh, he had lot of baggages in terms of you know what he wanted to impose on indian cricket without understanding which devapam correctly says the culture and from where these people came because we are a very diverse country and we are our eating habits are separate and uh, I remember during the 1999 Asian uh, Chess Championship, uh, when Azhar was the captain and Ajit Wadekar used to be the uh, uh, kind of the manager, come coach at that point of time, and he was a very strict man. Uh, so people were very very scared of uh, Ajit Wadekar, and he had kind of the night curfew rules and those kind of stuff, you know. But that man management was different, and the man management of uh, Gary Kirsten and John Wright was completely different. Though they came from different countries. uh but their uh handling of the stars was exemplary and i think the success which you saw in indian cricket uh, uh once these uh, people these these two particular coaches in tandem one after another came i think uh, uh, had a lot to do uh, in the involvement of captaincy of saurabh ganguly and mahendra singh dhoni because they were given that space as well you know to 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 operate and function and think and uh, kind of uh, kind of bounce the, their thoughts off these coaches they were very knowledgeable people they had played the highest level of cricket but yet they always stayed in the background when the decisions were made um i think we just as a just as a fan i want to touch up on this because you mentioned the 2001 test match in in calcutta i was too young but i know my father was if talking about this memorable game where laxman played the innings of his life and laxman david partnership and to have someone who was there at that point did you see the declaration coming i mean it's one question that's that's debated uh, quite a lot uh, at that point on the last day when uh, uh, ganguly decided to declare and put australia in 
So getting someone like your perspective on, on that, did you see that coming depending on... I, 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 uh, I saw the uh, reason why uh, VVS was sent ahead in number three position in the second innings. Remember that they were pumped. That yeah, he, yeah. he was batting number six in uh, the first innings. And uh, when he came in, and uh, they followed on, obviously. Uh, and uh, as, as far as I remember, Shiv, Shiv was there. Shiv Sundar Das and uh, probably Ramesh was opening, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, and I think once uh, uh, he came in and he was not out, I think, in the first in previous Lakshman. So, Saurav actually asked him not to take down the pads and he wanted him to get in. So, uh, so that was one of the momentous decision, I thought, you know, which sort of made uh, getting in Lakshman at number three. And I think the, uh, the declaration, uh, everybody thought was getting delayed because everybody thought at the end of fourth day, the declaration was going to come because they had enough runs and they still batted on for an hour uh, in the morning. Um, uh, so I think uh, what Saurav was probably, you know, I, I'm sure that was in his mind. It was a combined decision, of course, but I think uh, they were confident that, you know, in the next uh, lunch, uh, one hour to lunch and then two more sessions, uh, that things could be wrapped up. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, about the test match, the one interesting thing was that before that match, there was a high probability that actually both Rahul and uh, Lakshman, there was a possibility that they wouldn't be playing in that match because of physical reasons. So we had to do a lot of work uh, uh, behind the scenes to get them on the park. So that was one of the uh, momentous, um, uh, at least, you know, precious moment in my life that, you know, I was part of that uh, medical team who actually got these two players on the park and who actually made the whole difference uh, in a huge way in that game. I think we've seen uh, cricket from various different angles in this particular conversation. We've seen it from a player's point of view. We've seen it from a coach's point of view, also from a fan's point of view. But the other thing that you touched upon, which I'd like to come back to, is uh, your involvement in the sport off-field. Like you were a medic for the affiliated with the Indian team in 2001 in the Test Series. How have you been involved in the sport whether it's cricket or any other, uh, um, in in the period after you maybe you know uh, took time off from playing on field, uh, is and do you currently? How do you currently affiliate yourself with sport? Well, Devopam is the best. Uh, <laughs> you know the best. They bother him quite a lot <laughs> because. Uh, during the pre-COVID eras, uh, kind of every Saturday evening, I would probably call him and tell him that, can I come tomorrow to your <laughs> club and uh, have a few knock-ins, you know. And Devopam yeah. uh, will always make sure that, you know, that this man is not injured with a cricket ball. Uh, so he would give his slowest <laughs> bowlers and spin bowlers <laughs> in the net. So that by Monday, I'm actually fit enough to go and uh, be doing my surgeries. So, yeah, I mean... Um, that is one thing I love to come to the cricket ground every Sunday and you know spend time with the kids and then do a little bit of knocking and the whole ambience is kind of different and also I I, I talk to a lot of children uh, who want to be cricketers uh, who want to be sportsmen 
and that they kind of are in a confusion whether to choose a career in academics and to play the sport or to play the sports uh, so that is one thing i kind of talk to them the reason they come to me probably with their parents is because they see that you know i'm a cardiologist a plus i mean involved in the game as well so they think that uh, both can be done if possible so some counseling sessions i do take and i refer quite a few um, guys to uh, small kids to develop them as well for for uh, trainings and all so we we work in tandem myself and developer we work in tandem and he is a qualified cricket coach and i am one of the enthusiasts of the game and uh, so i think we we work pretty well uh, in 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 tandem that's really interesting uh, to to hear about people how they manage to stay in touch with the game i think we all want to do that even though you know after a point you can't really be on the pitch all the time you don't have time to devote to actually playing the game because you're doing other things as well but it's nice to keep a balance i like the way you juggle it's something that i'd like to do personally i don't know how much i'll manage to do it but the other uh, thing i got involved recently was uh, devopam knows that the physically challenged cricket uh, is coming up uh, in a kind of in a big way you know we had couple of international tournaments in calcutta uh, recently last year and the year before so um, that was a different kind of a cricket which we which i never got exposed to before uh, but uh, fortunately we had i think one tournament involving sri lanka and uh, sorry nepal and uh, bangladesh and then there was one series i think with sri lanka so this is a proper cricket uh, matches which is to happen and to my surprise i mean i was uh, kind of uh, i saw the level of intensity these physical challenge cricketers do have so again i think it's a passion uh, which is kind of winning over everything you know with all the impediment physical impediments the mental strength in these boys you know i mean are incredible and if you were watching the game you after a while you would never think that you were actually watching a physically uh, challenged cricket game i there was a charity match i think um, last year in december where this physically challenged cricket team actually uh, kind of demolished a, a full fledged star team you know i mean not cricketers but they were kind of film stars but they film play stars. cricket you know devopam knows that they they yeah. play good cricket level of cricket and they just beat them by eight wickets or something like that so it was it was an amazing game so uh, in, in so i always had a, a burning desire when when i once i couldn't play the game uh, properly i thought that you know i went to the tv commentary was one of the things which i always uh, had a burning desire to be so uh, in this two particular tournaments i was fortunate enough to uh, mimic a commentator and and be a part of the tv commentary team and do, doing pitch reports um, and 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 doing the interviews of the players so you know i mean i think i have achieved the full circle as far as cricket is concerned and now talking to you over these uh, matters on a tv show i think the whole thing is complete now um um the it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, ipl let's ipl season i think we we can transition to that topic it's a highly debated topic because considering the situation any sporting event when it comes up there is always a debate as to whether it should happen whether it's feasible medically financially there are so many other issues we need to take care of as a nation 
So is it the best thing to do? So I, I'd like to pass on the torch to Debo Pom. Uh, from a BCCI point of view, from a cricketing point of view, from a coaching players, fan, every point of view, how important is the IPL this year? How important is it to be held, in your opinion? Uh, look, uh, Rono, the problem is that cricket is... Uh, Cricket is stopped. It stopped since uh, you know March, you know, since the March of uh, month of March in India. So it's almost four or five months that there is no cricket, no sports at all. So in India, the situation still now is not conducive for sports to begin, as per government or even you know as per the statistics, as per the numbers of uh, the pandemic and uh, things like that. But then, see, it is always creating a very negative impact to all those people who are directly involved with sports or who are sports enthusiasts or who have different roles to play, you know, the whole whole world uh, surrounding the sports. So, psychologically, we really needed something. We really needed something because it is a state of negativity, I would say. This whole pandemic, whatever damage it has caused, uh, you know, economically or in terms of health or anything. Mentally, there has been a big negative, you know, halo surrounding the whole whole situation. So, to get out of this negativity, we really needed something like this. We really needed something like this. This is one part. So, there are so many aspects to it. The second part is that BCCI uh, is considered to be you know, the most powerful cricket organization in the world, the most powerful cricket organization in the world. So not only in terms of, uh, of, of uh, money, but also in terms of its experience, also in terms of, you know, its cap- capability and everything. Now, for BCCI to give up its premier event, the premier event of BCCI to give up its premier event was very difficult. So BCCI has been working, has been working, you know, ever since uh, there was this delay, because generally we have this IPL around the month of April, around the month of April. So everything was scheduled. But then this pandemic setting and BCCI in the background was, you know, kept on working, how it is going to be possible to make it happen. And finally, you know, all the endeavors, all the all the efforts of VCCI of this background work, that yielded result. And uh, finally, we are fortunate that IPL is going to start in some time. It is very important for VCCI, as I said, uh, you know, to showcase that uh, it has to keep up to its terms of uh, uh, of being the best cricketing organization in this world. Because monetarily, it's okay, but you have to show your efficiency. If you couldn't do it, then obviously there would be a question mark. Say, uh, how you are uh, one of the best organizations. So, it's, you know, it's a, it's a credibility of BCCI that was also in stake. And if that, was, that is the international part of it. Now, for players, for coaches, for so many support staff, for so many people who are attached to these IPL franchises, teams, you have no idea like how many... Professions are attached to it. We only know the cricketing, you know, maybe the physios, the fitness trainers, the players, the coaches, uh, all these people, the umpires, the scorers. But there are even managers. There are so many people who are associated with this big event. So, you know, it's also a question of livelihood for them. This is another part. 
this is another part thirdly bcci would have lost a lot of money had this event not taken place it is a fact that bcci now will have to shell out a, a, a substantial amount of money uh, to the ua board for conducting the games over there maybe the profit margin won't be so high but still bcci would not be losing out money so had this even not taken place bcci would have lost out on this money now what happens is this revenue from ipl from things like ipl or other uh, sponsorships this money this is the money that is used in the development of cricket in india we were talking about so many you know infrastructures being built uh, so many development schemes that bcci have in junior level now even small states of northeast india they are being provided with a lot of infrastructure with the aim of bringing up players even from the northeastern part of india like you know small uh, states like mizoram small states like uh, nagaland so you know these places are also being helped with a lot of infrastructural development with a lot of uh, expertise being given to them in terms of coaches professional coaches and everything so these all, all these development activities need money so you know this is where the money flows in and it is not only that bcci there have been talks that what is the reason of bcci doing this uh, event in such a pandemic condition it's a you know it's just in quest of money but yes obviously money is money does flow in from ipl but then this is the money we require for the development of cricket in india otherwise this development activities would stop so you know these are the many angles these are the many angles that uh, actually uh, will help since the ipl is taking place and i uh, i am i am really looking forward to the ipl very well said sir um i think uh, the next question on everyone's mind from a medical point of view from a safety guideline point of view because there are a lot of sporting events that have restarted if you look at soccer basketball everyone's restarted in in what they call their own bio bubble um how is cricket going to implement a similar thing um also the fact that players have to travel from india to uae and it's not just the 11 players on the pitch you have the entire team that's going to go there um you also have to worry about the fact that people back in india they're going to they're not going to just sit at home and watch it they might just gather together friends might be together to watch it family might be together to watch it which is a great thing of course there are like these are really like bad times people need some entertainment they need something to look forward to which is great but from a medical standpoint considering how serious the situation is uh what guidelines uh has the ipl introduced a, a, and how confident are you that they're going to that the players and everyone involved in this particular event can follow it and live up to the the guidelines of the you know from the who for example i think to begin with uh, let me first say that uh, the ipl is probably one of the best things which is happening now right now in the middle of a pandemic now this might sound a very contrarian statement Uh, considering that you know the infectivity as the bobum says is one of the highest now uh, and we have not spiked yet uh, in in terms of the covid cases uh, but still i would say that ipl is probably one of the avenues uh, through which uh, the people of this country will get some relief the reason i'm telling you is this 
that, uh, as I told before, that cricket is a religion in India, and we all look forward this as a part of the calendar from April to June, you know, I mean, or end of May, every year. Uh, you know, it's like a festivity happening. And as Devopam correctly mentioned, it's not just about a few players playing the game uh, or a few franchises. It's actually a whole industry uh, which is running the show. Uh, so this, uh, more than the financial losses, I think, you know, the, 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 the ability of the BCCI, BCCI as a, in, the, in the world, you know, as a world body, uh, as one of the strongest uh, contender in the world body, I think it would have taken a kind of a beating. But saying that, I think nobody would have uh, you know, minded if, say, somebody told that, okay, we'll cancel the uh, IPL this year because of the pandemic. So I must say uh, it's a huge uh, kudos to uh, our BCCI president, Saurav Ganguly, and uh, the secretary, uh, Jay Shah. I think they, they were very, very instrumental, and it was a huge decision which they had to take uh, to, to get this show on road. Uh, now, medically, uh, we could not uh, do it in India because of the current situation we are in. So what we did best was to take it away to another uh, part of the world where probably the number of cases are a little less. But saying that, if you talk about that the, the, there has been resumption of tennis in US Opens, the um, league matches in, in uh, European soccers have started, and the test matches have been held in uh, you know, England versus West Indies, then the Pakistan, now the Australian thing is going on. But that is a different ball game because, first of all, we talked about two individual sports, uh, soccer being a 90 minutes game, and uh, you know, I mean, it's not a kind of a tournament which is going on. This is a full-fledged international tournament involving eight teams and going on from 19 September till kind of end of November, about 53 days, and so many matches happening, you know. And I I I read in one of the uh, news articles that about 2,000 people would be actually involved in conducting this whole IPL tournament. That is including the players. We obviously the teams, the support staff, the commentary teams, the TV crews, the journalists, the hotels they are in, the transportation, you know, it's a, it's a huge logistics. And if there is even one breach, one breach in, in, in letting something happen, the whole tournament might be jeopardized. Because we, we heard that just uh, before, uh, after the landing in the in, in Middle East, uh, the Chennai Super Kings, we had about 12 or 13 members were uh, tested positive, two players and 11 support staff, I believe. So they immediately took action. So the BIOS bubble uh, thing has been created, and, the, uh, and standard operating procedures have been laid. Now, the thing about standard operating procedures is that they are done in conjunction with the medical committees. And uh, the medical committees and the logistics team of the tournament sit together and kind of make a systemic, uh, the, the standard operating procedure for every uh, kind of situation. So we have standard operating procedures for teams before they left uh, India, when they were in their small camps within, within their own franchise. Then when they landed in um, Dubai and Sharjah or uh, Abu Dhabi, 
they they were quarantined immediately for six days and then there are a lot of tests which are happening the covid tests which are happening and they need to be negative there are uh, standard operating procedures for hotels for transportations for warm up games for dressing rooms for dugouts for uh, the games when they are being conducted and when they are returning back so basically from the day the people have arrived in middle east till the last ball of the ipl which is bowled the whole thing has to be in a bio bubble so keeping about 2000 people in a bio bubble is absolutely a huge huge task and i'm sure that with the uh, kind of confidence the bcci has in their own ability in in conducting previous tournaments this is a absolutely a different ball game though uh, i i'm sure that they'll be able to pull it off because uh, we have to keep in mind that if it is possible that you know in the middle of the tournament we might lose some players like in, before the tournament started we we lost two player key players of chennai super kings in terms of suresh raina and harbhajan singh and the suresh raina story what we heard is that you know there were few things which happened that he was not able to cope up with the quarantine procedures protocols then he had a mishap in his in his near family so he he was suddenly just left and then harbhajan singh suddenly you know decided to quit the uh, this year's ipl as well so basically the mental part of the game uh, is is extremely important and uh, already we know that royal challengers bangalore they had employed a clinic a sports psychologist 5 months before the ipl had started they employed a doctor medical doctor and a sports psychologist because i think the psychologists are going to play a very very key role in managing these players because as debopom will say that uh, the skill levels of the player is something which probably you know all the players at this level would definitely have otherwise they wouldn't be in this uh, ipl tournament but the mental toughness uh, is going to be of a different level now we know that this uh, the men from the boys are differentiated in a cricket field by the mental toughness because the skills are there with everybody but if you talk about uh, a virat kohli or a steve smith or you know i mean any any international player who have really you know, done it the mental toughness is the uh, thing which people talk about and as a team we always know that south africa were one of the teams who could never cross that barrier uh, into uh, getting a you know icc trophy because people think that you know somewhere down the line they they just crash when the real thing comes so basically the mental toughness in a, in a, in a cricket field is always required to separate men from the boys but in this particular pandemic uh, the mental toughness is of is of a different level because you you are away from the family we, we do not know what background they are coming from how they are feeling they are they, are they depressed or they anxious if somebody is tested positive who is a good, good friend of theirs if you hear a bad news from your country that somebody has been taken into hospital they have been uh, sick and you do not you cannot guarantee in the next 53 days uh, what is going to happen to the next of kin of these players uh, like you know we heard that ben stokes had to leave uh, a, a series midway to be with his father in new zealand so basically because we are in the middle of a pandemic so these kind of news will be coming in from from in a day to day basis you know so there are lot of variables are there of uh, in terms of the coronavirus and covid-19 
which might influence the outcome of the IPL. I, I wish, you know, we, we have a smooth 53 days without any interruptions from, from the medical angle and may the best team win and let us have a great IPL. But this time, again, we have heard that the, it will be uh, either a spectator-less IPL or they will probably have very few spectators on the ground. Now, that is another uh, thing which motivates the players. You know, a full-packed stadium um, uh, actually really, really motivates the sound level. That is why we all also love the IPL. You know, the ambience which you get in IPL is not, nothing like what we get in a test match or a ODI cricket. It's completely different. The music, the bands, the sounds, the lights, uh, and, and the full stadium, and the crazy, you know, way things move on, the fast nature of the game. So this is, this is kind of a, it's a show, you know. So a lot of it is actually will, will be missing without the spectators. So to self-motivate themselves, again, is also, I think, I think is also an issue. So basically, there are a lot of mental and psychological issues in this IPL, which needs to be uh, looked in. And people are trying their best. And in between all this, they have to be physically fit so that they do not be positive for COVID. So that's another big challenge. So basically, uh, uh, a new normal has been set in. And believe me, this might not be the only IPL which is falling under the COVID-19. It's possible that the next year, we might have a similar kind of IPL as well. So we are, we are nowhere finished with the COVID-19 yet. Uh, so I, I think uh, it is a good move by the BCCI to, to resume the tournament because uh, if we can pull it off properly, then this will be the gold standard for actually conducting tournaments of different sports in the future. Um, I think uh, all of us, the biggest problem for us during the pandemic, like during, I mean, the pandemic is still on, but during the lockdown period was that not only were we confined to our rooms, we didn't have any sports to watch. Um, I think it's it's very positive that sports is slowly coming back to our lives, maybe in a limited way, because you don't get the same atmosphere that we used to get. But it's coming back and that's always a positive. Uh, uh, one very important uh, point that I as a coach would like to, uh, to know from Dr. Dave, and I think, you know, whoever, all the sports people, whoever will be watching or listening to this program will be benefited out of it. So I would like to know from Dr. Dev that uh, now that practices are resuming in India. So we are, government has allowed, uh, you know, sports in a very, very small way to start, practices to start and uh, gyms are opening up. So what are the precautions? What are the do's and don'ts uh, that uh, that has to be followed? in the practice sessions at least. So this is what I would like to know from Dr. Dev. I think this is a very, very pertinent question because I think in the coming months, uh, you, you, you cannot just keep these uh, boys and girls in, indoors anymore. When, when, when the whole, whole world is actually unlocking and the only uh, area which is, not, is still locked up is actually the school, colleges, universities and the student groups. So... As you correctly mentioned, I believe that, you know, the sporting activities have to start with the uh, uh, kind of the adults, uh, kind of the uh, bigger boys and girls, you know, rather than these kids, the nursery kids and the small kids. Because uh, the whole idea is to have a responsibility and awareness. So I believe that every coaching uh, centers, they need to actually sensitize these, their kids and the wards 
uh, through different mediums, you know, whether it is uh, sessions which where we, where we conduct and tell them exactly what the whole thing is all about. Because uh, uh, staying at home, going to school, or going to uh, in, in, in a, to a party is completely different while you are actually going into a playing field. So you cannot create a, a bio bubble for uh, coaching caps. So what you have to do is make them aware. So I would suggest that uh, definitely all the coaching centers who are of repute, they should uh, get uh, people uh, talking to these uh, boys and girls through a meeting first, uh, virtual meetings, and, and make sure that uh, a set of standard operating procedures are maintained because it has to be different, you know, depending on the size of the ground, depending on the facilities which you have in the dressing room. Some uh, places do not have a dressing room. So what do you do there? And if you have a dressing room, what do you do there? Like every kid has to have their own kid bags. They cannot, you know, borrow uh, towels and other things, the, the water bottles, the towels and all those things has to be completely separate. And I think also the most important would be to stagger the timings. You know, you cannot have, um, you know, 50, 60, 100 people, uh, boys and girls coming into uh, a, a playing ground uh, all at once, you know. So I need, I think that you need to stagger uh, the timing so that uh, a, a finite number of boys and girls come in uh, for the coaching, uh, for the games. And uh, that's the way I think forward for the, uh, definitely for this season at least. I believe that all the first class uh, and the club matches are uh, taken off for this season. They're not happening. But I think the practice sessions, uh, you can start. But one thing I must tell you, that we have been always advocating for three things. One is the putting our masks on and uh, about the hand hygiene and the social distancing. But while you are playing the sport, you cannot put a mask on. The reason is uh, if you are exercising in a gym or while you are playing a sport, if you put a mask on, the amount of carbon dioxide we are going to inhale, which is coming out, it, that's going to cause a lot of problems. And we have heard of a couple of fatalities happening uh, for a couple of guys who have put on the mask and were on the gym. So basically, uh, the mask cannot be put on. So basically, you have to uh, rely on hand hygiene and uh, the distancing. So it's a tall order. I think it's a very tall order. So people who are having fever, cough, and other symptoms, they cannot be allowed into the field. So I think it is definitely on the parents who are sending their children into the playground. So if they have any kind of symptoms or anybody in their family who is COVID positive, actively COVID positive, obviously the children cannot be allowed into the field because you have to understand that these children would be asymptomatically positive because they're children. So they will have no probable symptoms, but still they could be carrier of the uh, virus if somebody in their family is already positive. So I think it's a lot of social awareness is required and a lot of uh, responsibility on the part of the parents who are sending their children uh, to the uh, fields and grounds. So I think the sensitization process is required by the clubs and the uh, uh, coaching centers uh, in form of Zoom meetings or in form of any virtual meetings whereby they are informed at least, you know, what is going to happen, how they are going to behave is another story. But I think uh, at least on our part, as a part of the society, I think we should 
have the responsibility of informing them so that they are able to take the correct decisions. Yeah, uh, Dr. Deb, uh, I think just to wrap up and, and bring it to the end, you spoke about this earlier that you like speaking to youngsters and giving them career advice about uh, how to go about things. You can have the best of both when you are in terms of career. So for our listeners uh, and students who are interested, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to enter the sports industry or is at that critical point at the age of 17, 18, 19, when they're trying to either follow the line of academics, but are passionate about sports and are conflicted about how to go about it. So what would your advice be? I think, uh, um, Arjun, that uh, I, I believe that, you know, you need to be educated. That is for sure. You know, you cannot be uh, without education. because That's something which is required in sports as well. Uh, because your understanding of the game, as I told you, cricket is a very intricate game. And uh, I think uh, to understand the game, and particularly in this 2020, when you're talking about cricket, you need to know a lot more about, you know, the understanding of the game. So uh, education uh, is a very, very important part of life. So I think your basic education needs to be there. And I think it is possible that, you know, while you are studying on your table, sitting on your table and studying, don't think about the field, you know, think about what you're doing right now. And once you are in the field, don't think about the academics, think about the game you're playing. So being focused is very, very important. And uh, taking a call about your career, I think that doesn't have to be when, when you're 12 or 13, it can wait, you know. I think if you're good, uh, your coaches today will tell you that you're really good and it is, is it worth for you to compete in 1.3 in billion people that you would be one of those 11 players on the park. So that your coaches will kind of guide you. But if somebody is kind of average, you know, and we know that he, he still loves the game, I think it's better for him to kind of pursue a career uh, in, in whatever he likes besides the sports and also play the sport. Because if, if you see today, in today's world, in every walk of life, you know, if you are in a corporate office or whether in a hospital or whether you're doing any any other job every uh, office has a cricket team nowadays and they play all sorts of cricket so you will not be deprived of you know playing cricket it's possible that you will be not be playing representative level of cricket for your state for your country that's all right you know I mean, that's that's not the end of the world you know if you don't do that but i think if you enjoy the game at any level that's good enough and if say you are not that good in in, in a sport it's possible and you're good at something else you do that and also enjoy the sport as a passion. So I think there is a lot of uh, avenues to do that. And I think the role of uh, responsible coaches like Devopom is, uh, I think that is very, very important to give an honest opinion uh, about the child to their parents. You know, there is no point in telling them, oh, it's tremendous. He's going to grow up into a fantastic cricketer. And uh, then what is going to happen, he'll have a lot of expectations and probably not be able to perform at some point of time. So I think they were, people like Devopom, the coaches like Devopom, they pick up people you know, very quickly and they see what uh, material they have. So if you ask me that to uh, choose a career in cricket exclusively, I think it is, doesn't have to be a player only. You can, you can be a uh, part of cricket in a different ways. Like you are a part of cricket today as well. Uh, Devopam is a part of cricket after his, uh, after his playing days. He's a, he's a successful coach now. 
you can be a you know a sports journal, journalist so you can if you love the game i think you can be involved with the game in many many different ways and still uh, follow your uh, dream and passion playing for your country is probably the ultimate in a sport but that can only happen to 11 players in 1.3 billion uh thanks a lot for that uh, insight uh, dr dev uh, it's i think it's everyone's dream to play for their country in any sport uh, but only few people make it but even if you don't you can always cheer for the people who are up there representing your country so it's always you're always going to be part of the sport in some sort of way so on that positive note we've come to the end of this particular episode uh, i'd like to thank uh, devobom sir it's always a pleasure to have you with us uh, dr dev thanks a lot we learned a lot from you and also uh, i'd like to ask our listeners to stay tuned to uh, our website thingsports.co.in uh, dr dev is going to help us out with a few things we want to dedicate a like few articles and few uh, write ups to sports medicine as a discipline so he's going to be regularly contribute to that uh, particular domain so stay tuned um and thanks a lot everyone for listening and thanks a lot guys we hope to see you soon <laughs>